the king. The king of kings. On your knees, dog. All right, welcome back to the Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. As I mentioned earlier, you can reach us at wrestling at guysnation.com, our Guys Nation Wrestling Facebook page, and the GN Wrestling Twitter. We check that all the time, give us some feedback. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, uh, suggestions, feel free to let us know. So, I wanted to talk about the Triple H DVD. Uh, King of Kings. It's been, you know, they've been pimping it left and right, showing us uh, clips. And, you know, unsurprisingly, most WWE DVDs are really well done. They get uh, interviews from everyone, you know, friends and family, guys you haven't seen in a long time. They had X-Pac on this one. Nice. He kind of looks like he's strung out during it, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, They had Undertaker kind of speaking in his own voice. I mean, it was almost like just being Mark Calloway or whatever his name is, uh, which was different. I don't know how many times he's been on a DVD. Um, You know, some good stuff from Vince, pretty much uh, both of his parents. So it really starts with his childhood, like a lot of them do. Um, You know, he was always into bodybuilding or whatever uh, and just had watched some wrestling with his dad and decided he wanted to do it. Like, he knew he wanted to do it from day one. Now, the thing that surprised me, I had no idea, uh, he doesn't drink or anything. He's, like, straight edge. That, that seems a little uh, a little weird, given his days in Degeneration X. Well, that was the thing. They interviewed, or they had uh, Kevin Nash on there. They didn't have Scott Hall, <laughs> for obvious <Right>. reasons. <laughs> but uh, they had Kevin Nash, and he was, like, they, they recounted when uh, Triple H first got to WWE or WWF at the time, and um, they were saying, uh, you know, they were, you know, guys would ride together to the next house show or something. Yeah. And uh, they're like, they were already kind of hanging out the click of Michaels and Nash and Hall and all them, and uh, you know, they kind of motioned over to to Hunter like, you know, come on with us and all this, and, and they're like, you know, we're gonna go out to the bar or something after the after the show. And he's like, oh, I don't drink, and. Uh, and Kevin Nash said, like, they all looked at each other and they're like, designated driver. Right, right. <laughs> so I guess he carted them around all the time. Yeah, it works out um, pretty well. So, yeah, so the whole thing, and, you know, and obviously these are always sales jobs, really. I mean, they're trying to convince you that whoever the DVD's about is the greatest guy in the world. I mean, oh, sure. somehow some of that made, like, Randy Orton look awesome on his. Right. So, you know, I realize I'm watching propaganda, but... Uh, the fact that he's a straight-edge guy and doesn't make it a big deal was kind of interesting to me. And it shows that he's always, like, from day one, been obsessed with wrestling. You know? It's like, it's all he's done. Right. He didn't have any other job. He just went right into it. And, uh, you know, he was working at a gym or something. And he got he got a break pretty quick. I guess they were saying he had, he had wrestled, you know, he went to Killer Kowalski School and he had some stuff you know, put on tape, and he went to, like, uh, a convention or something and ran into one of WCW's booking guys and just, he brought his tapes with him and gave them to him and got a call, and that was, bam, in WCW. Um, so he got in there pretty quick. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, so anyway, they you know, they talk about all of his history and how he got to WWE and used that gimmick and, and everything. Um, so really, the ultimate like takeaway was that you know he has just always been serious about the business, and you know they started talking about how he got involved with Stephanie. Uh, you know, it's like the boss's daughter, and he had already been on thin ice with what happened with the click in Madison Square Garden. You know, right? Uh, and so everybody was like, you know, you better stay away from that. That's you're gonna, you know, you're not gonna get anywhere if you start, you know, macking on the boss's daughter. Right. 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 And uh, not calling her back would be a big mistake, <laughs> right? And so, uh, but you know, like they were both into each other, and eventually Vince like gave him uh, his blessing or whatever. And then, but then right after, you know, it's I guess I can't remember exactly what they said, but it became a little bit of a distraction, and Vince like took back his blessing, huh. and so they had to stop talking to each other and all that, even though they're on the road all the time. And it was interesting. And so then eventually. You know, Vince was like, "All right, fine. You guys still want to be together, right?" Um, 
So, you know, it does seem like they have a genuine, you know, interest in each other, and it wasn't just him trying to get in clean, or get in with the boss. Right. Um, so anyway, that was interesting, and then, but ultimately, like, that whole conversation, they spent some time talking about how he's been getting crap for years, that, you know, he was, well, he only got what he got because he dated the boss's daughter, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, I, I tend to side with kind of the way they were framing it. It was just saying, like, it might have, it probably would have happened anyway. I mean, he wasn't going anywhere. You right. Know, he wasn't like The Rock and Stone Cold where he was going to go do movies. Yeah. No, I, I mean, mean, he did he, do one. Right, well, yeah. Chaperone doesn't Eventually. Really but that was the right. thing. He said, like, he had movie offers at the same time, you know, like around 02, 03, around that time, the other guy started doing it and just didn't want to do it. He didn't want to take time off the road and all that. Right. So... Yeah, so no, I thought that was interesting. No, it's it's definitely interesting, and you know, uh, his his nickname along the way was the game. You know, that he was a student of the game. He was a cerebral assassin. You know, he was a guy that wanted to pick his opponents apart. And you know, I kind of figure that that's probably built on uh, the way he kind of prepares himself. And so I, I kind of figured there was a little bit of that going on backstage. I'm a little surprised to hear that he doesn't drink. Um, not not that I figured he was like you know a party guy, but and that's kind of the way they played it up a little bit in DX, and you know, I, I guess that's, yeah, that's, you know, just for show. Um, I guess here's kind of a question: not, not that I would fault anybody for finding uh, Stephanie McMahon hot, to be attractive or hot, you know, because you know, back in the day, I thought she was pretty hot, and she's still pretty attractive. Yeah. Um, but you have to think about it this way: if he's in love with the business. Right, if if that's all he ever wanted, and you know he kind of he probably kind of idolized Vince McMahon in some way. Not that he wanted to be Vince McMahon, but kind of like you know, wow, this is the guy that made it all happen. He's the one that's responsible for you know the career path that he wants, right? Yeah. And then he sees Vince McMahon has this daughter who's attractive. I wonder if part of the reason that he fell in love with Stephanie McMahon or was attracted to Stephanie McMahon had something to do with the fact that he was probably, you know, kind of in awe of Vince McMahon. Yeah, and, you know, but you can look at it in a couple different ways. I think, I'm, I'm sure there's some part of it in what you just said. I'm sure there's some, some truth to that. But also, if you're a guy that is obsessed with the business um, and wants to spend his life in it, you're naturally going to gravitate towards people that share your passion for it and that they want to spend their life in it too. Right. You know, he's right. not going to find some chick that works at an ad agency. You know, right. he was probably yeah, always yeah, destined yeah. to date someone in the business. Yeah. And so, yeah. and he did prior to that. You know, I guess he dated, what, China and I don't know, whoever yeah. else. Right. And, um, and I, I guess to some extent that's, that's very similar to what happened with uh, the Hart family. Right, like yeah, um, you know they had a bunch of their sons became professional wrestlers or training wrestlers or open wrestling schools, and I guess uh, a lot of the daughters in the Hart family uh, ended up marrying wrestlers. Yeah, um, most notably uh, Diana marrying a uh, British Bulldog. Yeah, now you see Tyson Kidd and Natty Neidhart. Right, and you know because I think it's such an encompassing business, you know, they're they're on the road constantly. They they don't really make relationships outside of it. Right. So Yeah, they're, they're not they're not home more than uh, more than probably uh, sixty or seventy days a year. So uh, But also he he had been involved in the creative process pretty early on, uh, like ninety seven, ninety eight. Um, yeah. apparently he went to Vince at some point with something they had given him and just said, you know, I'm not so sure about this, you know, but, you know, I'll do it. But, you know, if you ever want any additional opinions or, you know, he just basically hinted at him, like, I'd love to be involved. And, you know, eventually Vince came to him and had questions, and so he got more involved that way. Yeah, I, I can't remember where I heard that sort of thing, but uh, I have heard stories like that before that, you know, Triple H got involved because uh, he had some ideas and he was always running pa things past Vince. Like, he, it was his idea to bring on China, and Vince didn't want it but they kept harping on it. And like DX also, you know, he and Sean came up with it and they, Vince didn't want to do it and they convinced him to do it. So like he had been chirping in Vince's ear for years, basically. Yeah. 
But, uh, you know... Interesting. Uh, yeah. But I'll wrap this up. You know, the one thing... And they closed it up with uh, Vince talking about him. And it was actually, you know, pretty touching. Because Vince, you know, seemed genuinely emotional about, you know, kind of saying that, you know, Triple H was like a gift almost to him. You know, because... Oh. And you could tell, you know, it's essentially he's thinking, you know, I've got to give this up to somebody, and I want it to be somebody that understands it. And, yeah. you know, I I love Shane. <laughs> I think he probably got the, got a shaft in some ways. Yeah, a little bit. But he was never, you know, like he did commentary a few times in the Attitude Era. I mean, granted, he was kind of young, so maybe he needed more time to season himself. Yeah. But he I, wasn't I think, very good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think maybe Shane probably enjoys the business, and he certainly enjoys performing. I mean, he had some great matches, and, you know, he's certainly not a full-time wrestler. And, you know, he was pretty decent on the mic when he was in the ring and pretty good with comedy segments. But uh, it sounds to me, and, you know, I obviously didn't know the guy, and I've only heard a couple of stories here and there, but it almost seems like Shane wanted different things. Like, he wanted to try different avenues. Like, he had passions outside of the wrestling business, yeah. And he just didn't want to devote 300 days a year to it. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if you grow up in it, you it's easy to rebel against it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he, he clearly gave it <clears throat> his college try. I mean, he, he wrestled in some of the more memorable matches we've ever seen, you know, put his body on the line and all that. Yeah. But, you know, he, he had a couple, a couple stints there in like 98, 99 where he was an authority figure. And it just didn't really play very well. I mean, but, you know, I think he was probably 28 at the time, so maybe he just was too young. But it, it didn't feel didn't feel right. Um, so, But with Triple H doing it now, it definitely feels right. But that could also be his seasoning. You know, if he tried to do it when he was 28, it probably wouldn't have worked. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. But anyway, it was good. The, the ending part with Vince was, was pretty cool. Uh, so you get, the, you get the sense that this is his company. I mean... They showed yeah. all this stuff with the NXT, you know, the development center was his idea. Right. You know, it was one of the, once he got his, like, office job, that was, like, his first initiative. It was, like, he was going to figure out a way to train everybody better. So, yeah. So, good stuff. I highly recommend it. As usual, WWE knocks it out of the park. Well, I, I and, will uh, maybe looking... the people that hate Triple H will walk away with a little more appreciation, and we can get over this burial bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that... Uh, he kind of referenced, and uh, I have no problem, you know, uh, admitting it. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to checking it out. I'll I'll look for it on my streaming streaming uh, service of choice. Which which uh, service did you see it through? Oh, I just paid for it on uh, Amazon. Oh, okay. It was streaming, but okay. you had to pay like four bucks. Okay, so it wasn't like Netflix Instant or no. uh, Blockbuster Online or anything like that. Right. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, right, well, and they, I'll you know, they. Look. They gloss over things that people probably wanted them to talk about. People probably want to hear about the Booker T situation. They didn't talk about it, so you know. Yeah. Don't walk in expecting that. Yeah. No. And and you know I I think I think those are the type of situations where you could be like okay, you know maybe he was addicted to Booker T. Maybe you know he did hold back a couple other guys. But you know at the end of the day, there's probably a lot of people who had politic type situations with different people. I mean I'm. I'm not going to say that uh, The Rock didn't hold anybody back. I'm not going to say that Steve Austin didn't hold anybody back. So, And the, all those guys got held back by someone at some point, too. You know? Right, right. The Rock got held back by Michaels, didn't he? Isn't that... There's apparently some beef between them. They never even had a match other than, like, one tag match. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure what the deal was between them, but I wouldn't be surprised at all because, you know, um, certainly right after... Uh, Right after Bret Hart put over Shawn Michaels, um, Shawn Michaels apparently told him backstage, like, thanks for doing that for me, but I would never do the same for you. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's like, all right, fuck you. you Seemed like a good guy. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. I would, so I would be surprised if he did that to The Rock. That's a trip down memory lane. But uh, now we got pay-per-view coming up tomorrow, less than 24 hours away from Sunny Buffalo, New York, I believe. Yay, Buffalo. I uh, hear there are still ringside seats available in case uh, either of us win the lottery in the next few hours. We can go buy some plane tickets. Yeah, I'd probably drive up there. <laughs> right. Maybe not. I don't think I'd make it there in time. Nah, that's a long drive. You'd, you'd rather fly. Yeah. So anyway, 
Looks like the pre-show is going to be uh, the last Money in the Bank winner, Dolph Ziggler, against the current Money in the Bank holder, Damian Sandow. This yeah. is kind of thrown together, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, for a, uh, for a pre-show match, I'm all right with it being thrown together. It's not a title match. There's nothing really on the line except WWE wanting to say, hey, look, we have two exciting performers. This will be a good match. You should also think about getting the pay-per-view. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I guess kind of ultimately with Sandow, we haven't seen him much. Uh, after he won the Money in the Bank, he took some losses to Cody Rhodes uh, clean. And I think he even got pinned by, like, Santino in the last few weeks. That sounds right. Uh, so kind of strange. They're not really doing anything with him. Uh, but he got on commentary on SmackDown, um, you know, to kind of bring him back to the forefront a little bit. Really, I don't think he's been on Raw in, the, in a month, at a minimum. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, maybe he's hurt. I don't know. It's weird. He's not getting any run. Uh, but he is still the Money in the Bank briefcase holder. Uh, so, you know, he's not going to disappear. At least we sure. hope not. <laughs> he's not going back down to developmental. That's so sure. I guess the big question is, do we see this match being uh, something that puts Sandow back on the map? Do we see him getting a win and suddenly, you know, hopefully he's in the conversation going forward where he's been, he's been completely absent for so long. Well, I, I see this more as uh, a way to get Dolph Ziggler back on track with a big mm -hmm. win over a guy who is going to be in the main event uh, coming up in the next couple months. I think uh, it's going to give Dolph Ziggler a, uh, I don't know if I would call it a signature win, but it at least gets Dolph Ziggler a pay-per-view style match victory. And uh, I think Damian Sandow at least gets back in a conversation, not uh, not back in the conversation on you know being great or being a top contender. Because um, really, I think what they've shown in the past is that uh, the, whoever has the money in the bank, they don't have to have a strong run leading up to cashing it in. So right. I, I don't I don't see Sandow winning. Okay, so you're going with Zig on that. I'm going to go Ziggler. How about you? Yeah. Um... Well, you may have convinced me. I was leaning Sandow. Um, I just, I, you know, as far as Ziggler needing a, a win or something like that, I mean, I felt like he got a decent rub at the last pay-per-view with taking a, a very close loss to Ambrose and then avenging it the next night. Um, so I don't feel like he's, you know, as much as people are upset with what's been done with him since he had his title run, uh, I don't think he's been completely, you know, buried or forgotten in any way. I think it's just not, <clears throat> you know, the storylines just aren't working out for him right now. So, I, you know, I'm going to go with Sandow. That was my first vibe just because I feel like he needs something to make him feel like a threat. Uh, otherwise, he's just in danger of becoming completely irrelevant. So, Right. I, I, I could see that. I'll still stick with Ziggler, but uh, I could see your logic there. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So let's move on to an actual title match. Uh, women's or Divas champion AJ Lee versus Brie Bella. Uh, yeah. Nikki's got an injury, so Brie's been getting a lot of singles work and uh, wins like I guess it was a four-way or something to get this this title shot. Yeah, and and honestly, I I'd, uh, I don't fully remember how she got the title title shot. I'll uh, I'll take your word on it being that four-way. Um, That's what it was. I think it's an interesting thing to do to kind of push her towards the forefront of that division while Daniel Bryan is heading towards the forefront of hers, uh, or, you know, towards the forefront of his. Sorry, the uh, Daniel Bryan getting up a, there. Both. It was a 10, 10 Diva tag team match a couple okay. weeks ago. Okay, I vaguely remember that. She but, actually uh, pinned AJ. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, as far as the outcome of this one, uh, I I don't I don't see a lot of reason for Brie Bell to get the belt, um, other than you know to to further highlight her and and uh, play up more stuff between she and Daniel Bryan. So I'm going to stick with AJ on this one. Yeah, yeah, I kind of see it the same way. It doesn't really serve any purpose for her to for Brie to win it. Uh, it's it's just more of pulling something from Total Divas into you know the actual. WWE Universe rather than them just fighting each other like now it's crossing over a little bit so Bree's got the match 
Uh, but I don't see her winning. I do see her getting a rematch probably eventually. So I'm going to pick AJ here. Okay. And I was kind of wondering how long AJ's title reign has been. Um, it's pretty good. It looks like it goes back to uh, April 30th. So that's... If she wins here, it looks like her reign will be a full six months um, yeah. if she keeps it through the end of the end of the uh, month, with that, which I think she would do. She's pretty much surpassed Caitlyn at this point, I would think, right? Um, probably. Um, I mean, Caitlyn uh, had it for a while, but I don't think she had it six months. Take I a look. She had 100. No, she hasn't surpassed her. Caitlyn had 153 days. No, AJ got it June 16th. I don't know what you're looking at. Did she? Yeah, payback. 111 huh. days. Anyway, okay. not that important. Right. We both think she'll keep it. Uh, another title match uh, with a somewhat long-reigning champion here, Curtis Axel. I believe he won that same night as AJ. Uh, taking on R-Truth, who's been kind of involved with the Wyatts a little bit, I thought. I don't right. know. But anyway, here's the match we get. So IC's being defended this time. Oof. Where it was off the pay per view last time, where right. he was, you know, fighting uh, CM Punk. Yeah. So uh, where do you see this going? Uh, any possibility of our truth uh, becoming our latest Intercontinental Champion? Well, I do like the build up to this match a little better. So they did, they did actually make it seem more like our uh, truth might be the one to take the belt. You know, he's been involved in a couple things, and I think he got beat down on Raw or SmackDown after he faced uh, Ryback. He Got a further beat down from Curtis Axel, but uh, no, I I don't think I don't think I don't think our truth is the one that's going to dispel Curtis Axel. I I think Curtis keeps the belt through this pay per view. Okay, um, I'm I just have a vibe on this that uh, we've seen some foreshadowing with Paul Heyman being disappointed in Axel, uh, where he took that loss and. Uh, I can't remember who it was against. But anyway, we've seen it here and there. You know, yeah. Kind of questioning whether Axel can handle it. And Axel's like, you you trust me, right? You know, and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. I remember that. So I feel like with Ryback, uh, for all intents and purposes, being a Paul Heyman guy now, right? that they might take this opportunity to have Axel lose the belt and thus fall out of favor with Paul Heyman, who now has... The Ryback to take care of Axel next month, or I don't know. I, for whatever reason, it just feels like now is the time for Axel to lose it and kind of take a step down for a little bit. So I'm going with Truth. Okay. Yeah. Even though I don't really feel any affinity towards our Truth being an Intercontinental Champion, I don't think that's going to do anything for anybody. Uh, but he's a good hand, I guess, and uh, a legitimate guy to take it off of Axel that doesn't need a long reign that could then transition to somebody else they want to give a push to. Yeah, he, he's an interesting performer. I'll, I'll look forward to talking talking about him uh, in our next episode when we talk about Fallout and what have you. Yeah. All right. So one of the more interesting matches that we talked about a little bit to open the show is going to be the Rhodes family against uh, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins' Shield. In a non-title match, basically to uh, you know get the Rhodes family's jobs back and uh, for Dusty to keep his. Um, right. So it's non-title. Uh, we expect Dusty to be in their corner with Ambrose in the Shields corner. Uh, you know, as we said earlier, it's a little hard to see Cody Rhodes not being employed. Um, but you know, where where do you feel this going? Well, I like you were saying, it's it's hard to see him not being employed. And honestly, at this point, I'm not sure what they could do if if Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes and Goldust, if they don't win this match, I don't see how they bring Cody back into the fold. I, I don't know how they end up uh, getting him back on the roster. And the fact that it's a non-title match just makes all the more sense to me that, um, that Cody and Goldust are going to win the match um, unless... Potentially, Dusty Rhodes is retiring, in which case, you know, this is how they want to write him out of that, and then maybe they'll find some other convoluted way for Cody Rhodes to get on the roster. But uh, yeah, 
So, but, but I, are you you feeling Rhodes as your pick here? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't see the Shield winning, but uh... yeah. So the interesting uh, result of that is going to be potentially Goldust having a job. Um, yeah, and which I, I didn't really he, see coming, but I, mean, I think he's entertaining enough that uh, he'd he'd be a good spot on the roster for. Uh, I, I'd leave him on the roster through WrestleMania, and then uh, after WrestleMania, I'd. I'd let him fall by the wayside. Yeah. Would you want to see the Rhodes continue to be a tag team? Um, probably not any further than uh, Royal Rumble. I'd like to see Cody get involved in in a better singles push. But uh, it could be an interesting pairing. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think uh, you know, Cody needs this face push. Uh, for, you know, he's only had a couple brief moments of being on screen as a face. Uh, but, you know, and I've seen people online say they really enjoyed his heel work, but I, I kind of feel like it suits him better as a face. You know, he's a young guy that, you know, women are into. Um, he just seems like he could play really well as a face, and there's somewhat of a lack of believable faces right now. Um, you know, and a guy like Sheamus is just, I mean, thank God he's not on TV right now. He's just so bland. I feel like, I feel like Cody could introduce some new blood into the face scene, and I hope he gets to, to run with it. And I think winning this match over the shield and having Goldust around and his, his pops maybe here and there just helped to cement him as a fan favorite, you know, and then he can flash his pearly whites and all that and, and really get over his face. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not going to say he's more talented than Dolph Ziggler, but he's certainly a better face than Dolph Ziggler. So Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, he should, yeah, he should be a face and Ziggler should be a heel. Yep. But, so, all right, we agree on that one. I'm picking Rhodes, too. Okay. Um, although I, I, I suspect it's going to be a very interesting match. It'll probably be a great finish. Yeah, so. yeah. So one that was looks like was just added, uh, as I checked the card listing, is Kofi Kingston versus Bray Wyatt. So this is just going to be a straight-up singles match. You know, I, I've, I really like the build-up towards this, and I, I know it seems like it was just kind of thrown together, but... Uh... There have been a couple things here and there where you know Kofi's been attacked. Um, I think it was on SmackDown where uh, Kofi had a match. I want to say he beat Big E Langston, and then as he was kind of outside the ring, yep. you know the Wyatts showed up and uh, they didn't attack him, from what I can recall. Yeah, was, they were kind of like Bray was in front of him, and then the others came behind him. I believe it was. Yeah, it almost seemed like just like an intimidation thing. And yeah. then, uh, you know, Bray just does his uh, his follow the buzzards thing, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I continue to think is really interesting. Uh, so what, what direction would you go on this one? Yeah, Bray told him he's the product of a lost generation and that right. on the Sabbath, the first will fall. And then they cut out. Nice. Yeah, uh, so an interesting build-up there. I guess it's part of Bray's continuing... Uh, crusade, you know, against mankind or, or whatever you want to say. Uh, so, you know, Kofi's kind of a representative of his generation, as he said. Um, so I I don't really see any way that Kofi's going to win this. Um, it doesn't really make any sense for him to win. You know, Bray's got to continue to, you know, pull off his finisher on people and be intimidating and all that. So I got I to gotta pick Bray Wyatt here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the same. Um... Kofi's had some pretty good wins over the past couple weeks. Uh, I almost want to say he beat uh, Alberto Del Rio or hung in there with him uh, for most of the match. So they, they've really been trying to make Kofi look good. I think this will be a, a slight stumble for Kofi. I'm definitely picking Bray Wyatt to win here. Uh, I, I'm, looking, I'm really looking forward to watching this match. I mean, uh, there's some of these matches where if I just find out, you know, who won, who lost, that's good enough for me, but... Uh, this is certainly one that I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, and hopefully it's a better uh, combination, you know, for Wyatt versus like wrestling Kane in a in a ring on fire, ring of fire match, you know, where they really couldn't get anything done. Uh, Kofi's a high flyer, so it's the clash of styles, you know. So maybe we'll get a really good match out of this finally for the Wyatts. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I'm thinking because uh, you know Kofi Kingston and uh, Dolph Ziggler are the two guys where if you want to. If you want to have a match that really showcases the opponent, have them go against Kofi Kingston or uh, Dolph Ziggler because they really sell things well. They have really 
really, really have potential to uh, make things exciting. And ultimately, that might be uh, Ziggler's fate. But anyway, so another match we have that uh, I think is definitely open to some debate. Um, the new Paul Heyman guy, Ryback, against CM Punk, continuing the Paul Heyman-CM Punk feud that's been going on several pay-per-views. Uh, where do we see this going? Uh, I guess they're, it's just a straight-up singles match, right? There's no no DQ stipulation or anything like that. Right, not, not that I can recall. Um, this one's really hard for me to pick. Um, on one hand, you know, you kind of feel like uh, Ryback just now having become a Paul Heyman guy, you kind of want to see him uh, get the victory here, you know. Um, maybe you don't want to see it, but uh, it seems like a, like a strong possibility. But uh, it just seems like CM Punk... Needs to get back on track. Uh, you know, they got Survivor Series coming up, so, uh, you know, there's always a chance for CM Punk to do something there where, you know, he has a team and going against some Paul Heyman guys. Uh, it's just really, really tough to pick. Um, yeah, and he's he's lost, like, we went over the, the stats, like, almost every pay-per-view this year. I think he might have won one. Yeah, so this one's really Last hard. two he lost against Heyman and uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I, th- I think the direction I have to go with this is CM Punk winning by disqualification. Um, so I- I'll just go with CM Punk for my uh, for my prediction. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's definitely difficult. Um, Punk does appear to need a victory. And, uh, you know, the, the one guy that he really was able to take care of and, and be considered dominant over during his title reign or at least most recently, before The Rock took it, was Ryback. So his most recent su- success at pay-per-views was pretty much Ryback. Uh, so it's hard to see that changing this time. Um, you know, and, and with my prediction earlier that maybe Curtis Axel falls out of favor, I'm thinking he comes down and he might cost Ryback this match. So I kind of feel what you feel about a CM Punk DQ win. Okay. Um... And then that further kind of uh, buries Curtis Axel and leaves the door open for yet another CM Punk Paul Heyman match at the next pay per view against Ryback. Right. Interesting. So we agree there. We've got two differences, but we've agreed on the last three. Oof. Well, now, this one I think we could potentially have a disagreement on the World Heavyweight Championship match ADR versus RVD. A hardcore match. They've been advertising Rob Van Dam's uh, top ten hardcore moments over the years, and uh, the number one was, uh, I guess, an old ECW tape. You see, jump like <laughs> twenty-five feet. Uh, you don't even see him land. He just jumps into the crowd. Yeah, he jumped a good distance. I think he was splashing down onto uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, if I remember correctly, because I. I've definitely seen that clip a few times. Uh, yeah. Mostly because I, I had a couple friends back in the day who were huge into ECW. Uh, ECW. But, uh, yeah. If if I was picking who I wanted to win, it would go a different direction. I really would rather Alberto Del Rio no longer be the champion, but I just don't see Rob Van Dam being the one to end it. I just... I've heard too many people say that Rob Van Dam is scheduled to uh, take his hiatus. I've heard some people say that uh, there's a chance that Damian Sandow could cash in and take the belt from Rob Van Dam. Um, but I just, I don't know. I can't see it. I'm, I'm going to have to go with Alberto Del Rio keeping the belt. All right. Well, that's good because I disagree. <laughs> okay. Um, I think, you know, this is this is the RVD, you know, this is his match. Uh, he's got, uh, he's got, what's his name in his corner? Ricardo Rodriguez. Right. Um, now, there's always the potential Ricardo could be playing us all and turn on RVD in favor of ADR. That wouldn't shock me. Right. But, you know, and, and even if that does happen, that doesn't guarantee an ADR victory. Um, so what I'm kind of seeing here, or, you know, and maybe this is just me being a fan. I see Rob Van Dam getting the victory, 
but both guys being just annihilated. Okay. Um, you know, this is going to be a throwback hardcore match. Um, you know, obviously they can't do chair shots, but there's going to be some big spots, or at least not chair shots of that. There's going to be a big, some big spots, kendo stick, all that kind of, you know, hopefully a shopping cart or two. Um, you know, and guys are just going to be laid out. And I see RVD getting the win solely because I expect Sandow to come out and cash. Okay. Um, I think this sets up, this is the way that Sandow has to cash. He has to be a weasel. Um, and, it, you know, it has to be a face, in my opinion. I guess he could do it on ADR. But I see Rob Van Dam getting it. They both look dead. Sandow cashes. And that way, you know, they no longer have to deal with Sando having the, the briefcase. We'll see what they do with him having the title. But they clearly don't... They're clearly not interested in having him carry the briefcase around because he never does. I mean, he's never on TV. Right. Um, so I see that happening. And, you know, Rob Van Dam can be off of TV just based on the idea that he's injured. Um, you know, and then he'll come back eventually and, and want his comeuppance on Sando or something like that. Um... So, yeah, that's what I see happening. I, I feel like it's time for Sandow to cash. Maybe it's too early. I mean, uh, sometimes these guys hold the briefcase forever. Uh, but I didn't like how they did that last year with Ziggler. It, it just took away, and I feel like maybe they're going to go a different direction this time and not have him carry it so long. Well, and, uh, you know, that leaves Del Rio kind of floating in the wind. I think maybe if Ricardo turns on Van Dam, he can go with Del Rio, and then they can figure out a way to flick their wounds, you know, with him being hurt. Right. Uh, you know, and then, then from there, I see Ziggler getting back in the uh, in the Sandow mix with with the World Heavyweight Title. So uh, that's kind of where I see it going. So I'm picking Sandow. All right. Well, I'll, I'll be happy if. Uh, well, I, I tell you what, I'll give you RVD and Sandow. How about that? Yeah. Uh, so if if Sandow ends up cashing in, regardless of who he cashes in on, uh, I'll give that to you. And if Rob Bindam wins, I'll give that to you too. Um, I'll be really happy if you're right. But uh, I'm just not. I'm just not expecting it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, I feel like that's something that could add a little spice to an otherwise seemingly dull pay-per-view. Um, it's the kind of thing that could get people talking. Um, right. Because any result of the the other matches isn't going to be too shocking, but a cash-in would be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I agree. Right. So we got the main event of the evening. Uh, the WWE title match, which is in abeyance at the moment. Uh, so we have Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton up against each other yet again. Um, so, you know, one of these guys supposedly is going to walk away champion. However, there has been no stipulation that this would be a no-DQ match. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we could see Triple H come out at the start of the show and say that. But right now... Prediction time, we don't have that. So I think we have to consider a DQ finish as a possibility here. Yeah, and, and there's always a chance that uh, double count out, double knockout, you know, that sort of thing where just all hell breaks loose or another guy, no guy, neither of the two can keep going. Um, so, yeah, there's always a chance that uh, if there's no champion by the end of the evening. Um, I personally wouldn't predict it, but... Uh, but yeah, it, it's certainly a possibility. Um, as much as I would like to see Daniel Bryan win the championship, become champion once again, I just don't see it. Um, I think Randy Orton's going to win this. I think uh, Daniel Bryan's pretty much had the upper hand uh, every time they've fought, pretty much. Uh, for my money, it seems like they've built up Daniel Bryan to be, you know, the better, the better competitor, the better wrestler, whatever, um, compared to Randall Keith Orton, and uh, I, I think they put the belt back on Orton. Yeah. Now, as far as getting the better of someone, we did see Randy Orton get the better of Daniel Bryan on the Go Home Raw uh, in a big way, doing a, a really nice-looking RKO onto the table that uh, collapsed on cue, which hasn't happened all the time recently. <laughs> right. And right. RKO is probably not an easy move to pull off to make it collapse because he's got to do it all himself. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and so we saw Brie Bella come out and beg for Daniel Bryan. So 
clearly, you know, and leading up to that, we had seen Randy Orton talk to her backstage. Uh, so clearly, you know, despite Brian, you know, getting the victory at the last two pay-per-views, uh, getting the upper hand a little more often recently, we have seen this new wrinkle with Brie Bella and and Randy trying to like play mind games. Um, so I guess the the big question is, you know, do you care that Brie Bella is in this in this angle? Do you think she's going to affect the outcome of the match? I mean, what what do you think about this? I think a lot of people dislike Brie Bella being involved, and I couldn't disagree more. I like the fact that she's involved. I think it helps give Brian um, uh, another dimension. You know, he's not just the guy that comes out and gets the crowd to scream yes. Uh, you know, I, th- I think there's a huge difference when you have Daniel Bryan with a female manager than when you have Daniel Bryan just out there on his own. Um, I think I think it adds uh, an aspect to it that's it's kind of Rocky esque, right? With with Adrian, yeah. I, I think Macho uh, Man Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think you know, for my money, I, I'm still I'm still picking Orton to win this because I think you need Daniel Bryan to be more of an underdog. I think you need to uh, get him in a position where uh, where Brie Bella frees, fears for his safety. And maybe she throws in the towel. Yeah. You know, I I could see something like that happening. And yeah, that's uh, a good call. But I I really kind of like the potential with her involved more than if she wasn't. Um, yeah, and I think well, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head initially of saying that it adds another dimension to Daniel Bryan. And we've talked about this on other shows uh, that he just he needs a little more substance. Uh, he's gotten better on the mic, but. You know, and I think ultimately, he's got a fan base. You know, he's got the indie fans uh, that are never ever not going to root for him. Right. Uh, so you don't need to do much else for them. What you got to do is stuff for everyone else to get into him. Uh, and you know, planned or not, this total divas stuff with them getting engaged, uh, which wasn't on the show, so at least it wasn't just for the show. Right. Um, although it could be on the second season, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, what you're doing with all that is you're you're opening up the door for the female fans that have previously been gaga over Randy Orton um, to get them behind Daniel Bryan. You know, because he's not he's not the classic guy. You know, he's he doesn't have the chiseled jaw or anything. He's got the ratty beard. He's he's not exactly what women are going to swoon over. Uh, but you put a love story in there, they like that, and. Uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, I have fond memories of you know Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. I, this isn't on quite on the same level because Miss Elizabeth never wrestled. She was always kind of a periphery, you know, like Adrian and Rocky kind of thing, where you know the winner was going to get the girl. I, I don't know. Uh, so Brie Bell is not quite that kind of female, but uh, but I like that. You know, I had fond memories of that. I'd, I'd like to see. You know, whether at this pay-per-view or another, you know, culmination of some sort of romantic, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan conquering and getting the girl type situation, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I kind of side with you here. I don't really see him getting the victory. He's had two clean pins in a row uh, where the crowd got to pop. He got to celebrate, albeit abbreviated the first time. I, I can't see that happening a third time. That's just that'd be a surprise. Um, so yeah, uh, I side with you here. I got to I got to go with Orton. I think I think I put Orton winning at about sixty five, seventy percent, and a DQ finish at the rest of it. And okay. I don't see any chance for Brian winning. Right. Very good. So I, I guess uh, one of the questions we'd have to. Consider and it doesn't really count into our uh, predictions here, but uh, uh, the next pay per view, I'm not sure what what it is. Maybe Hell in the Cell. Uh, I think we're we're coming yeah. up cl- closer to uh, Survivor Series, but I don't think it's yet. Yeah, it's Hell in the Cell, then Survivor okay. Series. Well, um, so for the next pay per view, do you see another Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton match? Yeah, I mean you could do the trifecta. That could be the uh, 
That could be the rubber match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I don't know who else you could put in a Hell in a Cell. CM Punk and Ryback, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just, I figured maybe, maybe you would have a situation where uh, CM Punk gets, uh, gets Randy Orton. Well, we have to remember, I believe, yeah, this is also another three-week uh, pay-per-view cycle. So oh my good Lord, if you get CM me. Punk into it, they got to do it within three weeks. They're killing me here with all these three-week turnarounds. And I think I, I feel like I mentioned that before the last pay-per-view on how quick these next three are coming um, would lend itself to like a three-pack between Daniel Bryan and Orton. Right. So that could be exactly what we're seeing here. Orton okay. gets the second win, then they go to hell and sell for the ultimate. Right. Yeah, I don't know why, but I, I guess I, I kept thinking that... Uh, Survivor Series was next, but uh... so before we get out of here, um, people have been talking about the ratings were down this past Monday. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Does you know? I know typically the fall is kind of a a downtime. You get football's back, so they compete with Monday Night Football. But do you think that there's any possibility of this? derailing Daniel Bryan? Do you, do you think that it's going to reflect on him? Um, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping that uh, Triple H is savvy enough to uh, to see that, uh, you know, Monday Night Football is back, John Cena's not on the show, and that, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan's doing a good job for, uh, for what he's doing. Uh, and that... Uh, you know, kind of the weird storylines and everything else that they're dealing with, that uh, that that's more the reason why the ratings are down. Um, yeah. I'm hoping he's savvy enough to see that. Uh, yeah, because I'm thinking with these short pay-per-view cycles, they're just not the same type of Raws that we're used to, you know. Right. They just they kind of built up, they have a couple storylines going, and then that's it. You know, like all these other matches are just thrown together. Um. There's just not enough going on to keep people tuned in. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that they don't see it uh, negatively on on Daniel Bryan, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if somebody backstage somewhere was saying, "Oh, the ratings are down. We should we should do something different. We should get Daniel Bryan out of there. We should, you know, put somebody else in that spot. Maybe Dolph Ziggler is a better choice." So you know, as we're talking about what's been going on on Raw. Mm-hmm. We completely forgot about someone. Oh, uh, who's that? What role, if any, is the Big Show gonna have? Right. Right. Um. Now, we could see perhaps Triple H coming out and saying there's a no disqualification clause because he came out at the beginning of the last pay per view and yapped his butt off for a while. Um. Would that open it up for Big Show to come in and knock out Daniel Bryan? I mean, is that the kind of thing we could see happening? I, I guess it all depends on how soon you see uh, Big Show turning heel. Um, yeah. I thought he was kind of on his way when he knocked out The Miz, but then they just went ahead and put him in that match against The Shield, so he's still more of a face. Right. And then they added uh, they added Randy Orton to that, uh, made it a four-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on SmackDown, anyway. Um, but he's been so on—he's been so involved on TV, you know. And Triple H just paid his mortgage. Uh, yeah, owns his house now, right? Something like that. Yeah. So, you know, does he get contracted to uh, to do a hit? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to go that far on pay per view, but uh, you know, with such a big match to have it be such a dusty finish like that. Um, well, the last two have been. Yeah. But it's kind of... I mean, do you really want this pay-per-view to end that way? Uh, and I could see him well, changing... It would, it would make sense it. only in the sense that we're, we're predicting Hell in the Cell would be the ultimate finish. Yeah, but then... Uh, I don't know, but then you have to have somebody... You have to have somebody come out and, and be the one to force it to be uh, in a cell. 
Well, because what you have here is is you have Daniel Bryan with legitimate beef saying he got knocked out by Big Show or whatever, and you have Randy Orton with the beef saying there was conspiracy with the ref to fast count. Right. So they both have an argument to have that final match. Yeah. He holds the the title up in abeyance again after the Big Show knocks him out and pretends that Triple H didn't order it. Right. And I, you know, I guess. I guess the pay-per-view itself is called Hell in the Cell, so you don't necessarily need a reason for both guys to, to have to need it to be in the cell. I mean, you've, you've already got uh, heat between them and whatever. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, the question is, do you see Big Show showing up? I think he'll show up and, and knock somebody out at the pay-per-view. Um, I'm going to predict he knocks out Randy Orton. All right. that. And then Randy still wins, huh? That would, that would be interesting. Uh... Not a, not a no DQ situation. Right, right, right. But I'm saying yeah. like he Randy already gets knocked out. The match continues, and he still ends up winning. Is that? Um, I don't, I don't know that I would have the match continue at that point. But uh, well, you I picked him say, to win. Well, yeah, but I would say like you know he knocks out Randy Orton, so Randy Orton wins by DQ. Oh, okay, right. If if he comes out and knocks out somebody, I could also see him coming out. And knocking out a member of the Shield to help Cody Rhodes get his job back. Because hmm. how interesting could that be if uh, if you know we we keep seeing Big Show being inter you know um, intervening in all these different situations. It hasn't just been Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton each week. It's true. What what if uh, what if the one situation that uh, Big Show feels most strongly about is uh, the fact that he knocked out Dusty Rhodes, so he wants to help. Uh, Cody and uh, Goldust get their job back. I think you're probably onto something. That sounds much more believable than him interfering in the main event. And uh, how how awesome would a Big Show Goldust tag team be? <laughs> that would be pretty good. That'd be a good use of both of them for sure. Big Dust. Big Dust. The Gold Show. Gold Show. Gold Shower. How about that? Oh man. <laughs> And with that, I think we've uh, I think we've hit the end of our time. Yep. So uh, hopefully it's a good pay per view, even though it's been a reasonably weak build. Uh, but you know we got a full card. We got eight matches. We got four titles on the line. We've got uh, three disagreements on our picks. I've also got a cash in that you don't have, so we've got chance for one of us to be right we'll see what happens yeah sounds good and as we uh, hear as we hear uh, shattered dreams in the background there nice uh, which i hope to hear at the conclusion of that match although we'll probably yeah. hear cody rose music well we, we we might hear big shows music right we'll have to see but, uh, yeah all right well i'll talk to you next week Look forward to uh, to hearing all about the winners I predicted.